You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Should the Sacramento Kings consider picking up the phone calling the Detroit Pistons and trading for Blake Griffin and his ridiculously big contract. Today, I'm going to be joined by Detroit Pistons writer and NBA Twitter personality, Nick Henkel, on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome into Locked on Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all offseason. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento Sports Radio host for over the last five years. I'm actually approaching my six-year anniversary in Sacktown Sports Radio next month, and I just wrapped up my sixth season covering the Kings, both as an on-air host and a multimedia journalist. Back for another week of Locked On Kings podcast coverage for you, and today is part one of a long two-part interview with my friend Nick Henkel. You're going to love all of the stuff that we talked about. Today's focus is on the Detroit Pistons side of things, what they're trying to do, and the possibility of the Kings getting involved in a Blake Griffin trade. Tomorrow, Nick and I are going to talk a lot about the Sacramento Kings specifically. We'll go back and forth discussing the different main talking points about the Kings. If you're not familiar with who Nick is, uh, you need to learn about him, and I think you will understand more about him after listening to both parts of this interview today. He provides fantastic work, uh, is a great podcast host, an awesome follow on NBA Twitter. I'm going to stop talking and get right into my conversation with him. So here it is on the Locked On Kings podcast, my conversation, part one with Nick Henkel. I have been so looking forward to talking to this gentleman and having him on the Locked On Kings podcast for such a long time that today is finally the day. And yeah, it's a September 29th day where neither the Sacramento Kings or the Detroit Pistons are playing under normal circumstances, that would be common because we'd be getting ready to gear up for the start of the season in October. But here we are. The NBA Finals uh, are set. They're about to begin. Of course, the Kings and the Pistons aren't involved, but I'm still happy to be able to talk uh, with Nick Hankel. He is phenomenal. Just one of the best followers, honestly, or follows uh, on social media, on NBA Twitter, in my mind. Uh, He works as a site expert for Piston Powered. He's mainly involved uh, with the Detroit Pistons, but he's very well connected with the Sacramento Kings and their fan base, very well connected with the Milwaukee Bucks, has fantastic takes, also a great host of the Shoot the J podcast, uh, and just someone who I have enjoyed listening to, talking to, and getting to know uh, over the last few months and over the last few seasons, honestly. So to have him here on the Locked on Kings podcast today is a real treat. Nick, welcome in, my friend. It's so good to talk to you. I'm I'm super excited to be here, Matt. I think we've been, I don't know how long we've kind of been corresponding on like, I don't know how long we've been following each other, but you, I think you were definitely one of the first people uh, that I got sort of uh, acquainted with in King's Twitter and the King's media. Um, so this is, I'm, I'm really excited to be doing this with you, man. Thank you. Well, I expect a lot of Locked On Kings listeners know who you are already because Nick has a very unique way 
of presenting his takes and his ideas and his breakdowns of basketball. And he does it in such a simple format, recording for two and a half minutes or however much uh, Twitter will allow and, and just speaking fast, but articulating and, and talking the game of basketball. And I always learn something uh, from Nick's takes, and especially when he talks about the Sacramento Kings, because he provides an outside perspective that is also tuned in. A lot of times you'll hear people talk about the Sacramento Kings from, let's say, the East Coast, and they don't really follow Kings basketball, so maybe they'll talk about the obvious on-paper stuff, like, hey, Buddy Heald's a good three-point shooter, or damn, De'Aaron Fox is really fast. But it's more in-depth with Nick because he watches and he pays attention. He does that for the Pistons, and he does that for the Bucks as well. So I'm sure they know who you are, Nick. You do such fantastic work, and that's why I'm so excited to have you here on Locked on Kings today to not just talk Detroit Pistons and some how they correlate to maybe some Kings conversation, but also we have plenty of Kings basketball to talk. Yeah, I mean, I never want to go into anything assuming that, you know, people are going to know who I am, but it, it is sort of at a point, I guess, with Kings with Kings fans where it's like, I think some of them are going to have a decent, like if they, are, if they have an online presence, uh, mainly on Twitter, obviously, like I think people are going to know sort of what I am and what I do. And, and to your point about the, the two-minute, 20-second videos on Twitter, sometimes it's tough, man, because that threshold, like I'm condensing a 48-minute game into those two minutes. And, and sometimes it's really difficult. You always miss on a lot of things. Um, but you have to talk fast. You have to try to get as much out as possible. And um, luckily, somehow, it, it started gaining some traction, and it sort of gave me a little bit of a platform where people – for some reason, care about what I think, and it's really interesting. <laughs> I have a hard enough time fitting in everything that I want to talk about for a normal interview into the 25 to 30 minute window of, of each podcast normally, yeah. so I can't even imagine two minutes uh, and 20 seconds, but we'll do our best here today, and we'll start talking about uh, the Detroit Pistons that you pay a lot of attention to. This team, uh, I'm always very fascinated in because the talent that they've they've had suggests that they could be and maybe should be better that they are, especially being in the Eastern Conference. I know a lot of Kings fans would roll their eyes going, well, if the Kings were in the East, uh, they would have made the playoffs at least three or four times over the last uh, six, seven, eight years. But sometimes I don't think the East quite gets the respect that it deserves, and I think the Detroit Pistons are a good example of that, the grind that they've just been on consistently. Where are the Pistons at in your mind right now at this point in time going into next season, whenever next season is going to be? Are we looking at continued development, maybe a, a reset, trying to figure things out, dump some big contracts? Are we looking at, no, they want to compete right away? Where are the Pistons at right now? I think it's really weird because if you look at the team um, towards the end of the year, I mean, obviously they they had the, what, the fifth best odds to land the number one overall pick. They fell to seven. So it's, they were bottom of the barrel, right? Like they only won, I believe, one game post-All-Star break. It was maybe two. Um, and at the tail end of it, before the hiatus, you're seeing Christian Wood kind of emerge as this really interesting player. And you're seeing him come into his own and averaging like 24 and 10 um, on like 40% from three in his last, I think, 15. Basically after the February 6th deadline when Andre Drummond got traded. So he's a really interesting piece moving forward. You obviously are prioritizing re-signing him. Uh, the Pistons do have, much like the Kings, a new general manager in Troy Weaver coming over from Oklahoma City. And it's like, even though the Pistons were really bad, it's because everybody was hurt. Like, Derek was kind of in and out towards the end of the year, but was surprisingly durable uh, throughout the entire season. Like, he was our really only consistent piece. Blake obviously played, what, all of 20 games, but even in those games, it was very clear that he was not okay at all. Finally undergoes surgery in uh, December. 
misses the rest of the year. Luke Kennard missed uh, the starting in like, I don't know what, December 26th, I believe the Pistons announced he had bilateral knee tendonitis, missed the rest of the year. Like everybody on this roster was injured at some point. And that's kind of what the issue ultimately is, is when you build a roster whose success is heavily contingent on their ability to stay healthy and they cannot do it. Um, you're going to have these instances. So, like, you move forward, and in a best-case scenario, I remember a year ago, I wrote an article with this roster, Andre Drummond, Blake Griffin, Derek Rose, if they're able to stay healthy, here's how they can win 50 games in a best-case scenario. And I went super in-depth, and to me it made complete sense, and I knew that it was a pipe dream and that it wouldn't happen, but it, like, the, the, the idea of it made sense to me that this team could be pretty good. So you go into next year, and I, and I think – it is going to be a little bit of like a developmental period, but it's not, it's not being labeled a rebuild, more of a retooling, which is essentially what we've been doing is just trying to rebuild on the fly for the better part of a decade. And it hasn't worked. Um, so you have guys like uh, Luke Kennard still, you have Bruce Brown, you have Sekou Dumboya, you have, I guess, even Svi Mikhailuk, you have whoever we pick in this upcoming draft. I'm expecting like 30 to 35 wins next season. Um, I think maybe you'll even see the Pistons maybe make a trade where they absorb a bad contract or two in order to then acquire more draft capital. Um, and I know a lot of people, and I don't want to get on this just yet because I know we're going to talk about it, but just for the sake of the Pistons, I know a lot of people always talk about moving Blake Griffin's contract because it's so massive and you kind of just never know what you're getting with him. My thing with that is, listen, man, it's really not hurting that much. Like, I know that's, that's a large contract. It's, it's super bloated, and I know he's hurt all the time, so it sucks paying him dead money. But um, we're going to have, I think, the third most cap space uh, in the league this offseason, whenever that's actually going to – well, I guess we know when the offseason is going to happen. But, um, and then as the years move on, we, we actually – we've been pretty smart with our money. We're signing these guys to one- or two-year deals, not too big. Um, we're obviously going to have to extend Luke Kennard at some point. You're going to have to pay Christian Wood. So, like, the salary is going to, you know – it's going to increase a little bit, but Blake Griffin's contract, no matter what, isn't really going to be that big of a detriment to us. So you don't really have to move him if you don't want. Pistons are in a really interesting spot. I don't anticipate they're going to be good for quite some time, but if they have Derrick Rose and Blake Griffin healthy, it's still going to be fun at the very least. Today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by a pair of fantastic sponsors. The first, Rock Auto. Buying car parts is really difficult. There's way too many makes way too many models, and now it's really impossible to stock all of the parts that you need in any traditional chain storefront. Instead of enduring the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning, you have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Obviously, it's all about taking care of your car, but saving money where you can, so you can use it for other important things like your mortgage or your food. Instead of spending 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store, use rockauto.com right now and you'll have complete access to the best deals and a wide range of parts right there at your fingertips. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they're all reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing the prices based off of what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody, and it does not require memberships or account login. So go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. An amazing selection. Reliably low prices 
all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Locked On Kings is also brought to you by DoorDash. Continue supporting restaurants in your community safely. There are thousands of restaurants open for delivery on DoorDash that need your patronage now more than ever. Support your favorite restaurants on DoorDash. You've counted on restaurants, now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food that you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. You open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the United States and Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNBA. That's all one word, LOCKEDONNBA, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A, for $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order. Don't forget, LOCKEDONNBA for $5 off with DoorDash. Blake Griffin is interesting to me because I know he is a name that has been brought up just in conversation of someone who the Kings could potentially try and absorb that massive contract, try and bring in with no interest in in winning right, uh, right away as long as assets were coming with it. And normally I would think, yeah, that might be a par for the course move for a new general manager, especially if they wanted to build a team from the ground up, take in a guy, even though he's a former all-star, and who knows how much he's going to be playing. You have no interest, really, in winning in the short term. So if he helps you, great. If he sells tickets, great. But he's not going to be around longer than his uh, his last couple of years of his contract. And, and for Blake Griffin's case here, he has... Two years, well, one guaranteed year left on his contract for $36.6 million, and then he has a $38.9 million player option, which I think we all know that he is going to exercise. He's going to take that. So basically, you're getting two years of Blake Griffin if you absorb that contract. But the Sacramento Kings bring in Monty McNair, and one of the first things that McNair says multiple times during his introductory press conference is, no, we want to maintain flexibility. We want to make right. sure that we don't pigeonhole ourselves, and we want to make sure that we can set ourselves up into in a position to where if if something falls in our lap, we can aggressively go after it. For example, if something, now I don't expect the Kings to be involved in the Victor Oladipo sweepstakes, but imagine if something like what's happening with Victor Oladipo right now happens three years from now where some decent player to fringe star to maybe even all-star says, you know what? I want out. I want to go somewhere else. Monty McNair wants to be a legitimate player and wants Sacramento to be in the conversation to land one of those guys and be ready to make a move. So bringing in a contract like Blake Griffin's doesn't necessarily make sense. However, I am still interested in the possibility of it. But the thing is, if the Kings are going to absorb a contract like that, and what you just said, Nick, is that it's not it's not like the Pistons are desperate to get rid of it. They're going to expect some good value in terms of draft assets and maybe a young player or two in return. And I can't imagine Detroit is willing to give anything up like that. Yeah, well, see, this is the one thing that I've said a few times where Blake Griffin's value is really weird right now where I have no idea where it is. Because if it's after the 2018-2019 season where if the Pistons had won like 10 more games, we're talking about a Blake Griffin who was in the MVP conversation. Like it would have happened, unfortunately, because we didn't. 
Um, he wasn't in it, but he did make the third-team All-NBA. He was an All-Star. Probably the best iteration of Blake Griffin that we've ever seen. He transcended his three-point shot. Um, if you trade him like the day after the season ends, even though he did undergo surgery, um, the value is there, and now I just kind of don't know where it is. And then you, you find yourself in this position where it's like, well, if you do eventually want to trade him, you almost look at what's happening with Kevin Love in Cleveland where they can't get anything for him. Like, let's use Portland as, a, as an example because that was the most recent, like, trade proposal or tra- the trade talks that happened with Kevin Love. Portland thinks that they should be rewarded with, I don't know, Kevin Porter or draft capital for absorbing Kevin Love's contract because it's so big and you kind of you never really know what you're going to get with Kevin Love anymore. He's not in Minnesota anymore. Like, it's not that guy anymore. Um, but the Cavs think that Kevin Love is, they view him as this player who is worthy of receiving assets in return. So you kind of reach this like dichotomy that you, you just, you can't, this issue that you can't circumvent. And I worry that you're going to get there with Blake Griffin. Hopefully this makes sense. Um, I don't know where his value is. And, and then even with, with Sacramento, like, yeah, it doesn't just kill your flexibility. Like it, it, it obliterates your flexibility if you if you end up trading for Blake Griffin. Like one of the reasons that Harry Giles is walking is because, like I know some people are for some reason optimistic that he's going to stay in Sacramento. Let's just keep it real; he's not. Right, um, Matt. You actually mentioned that on Twitter earlier today. So, um, which I would like to touch on that in just a brief second. Here's the thing with Sacramento right now: you accumulate so many players who are like pretty good and have pretty interesting upside with Gear and Fox, Marvin Bagley, Harry Giles for all intents and purposes, um, Buddy Heald. Like you have to pay these guys, even Bogdanovich. Like you have to pay these guys eventually. And um, if you're if you're bringing, and they're they're already pretty stretched for money right now. Like the salary table isn't that great. Um, Harrison Barnes has a pretty big contract as well. If you add Blake, like that just completely obliterates everything. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. It'd be really weird for the Kings to do something like that. And I don't even know where Blake's value is if that trade were to occur. Yeah. And in order to do something like that, right, you'd probably have to send a Harrison Barnes type contract, a Buddy Heald type contract, and maybe yeah. even attach the $6.5 million year, final year of Jabari Parker or uh, yeah. the final year of Nemanja Bielitsa, which is around five to seven million. I can't remember exactly what it is. Uh, but there, I mean, you're, you're looking at trading away some decent assets to absorb that Blake Griffin contract. And again, even if he's good, is it worth, do you want to win right now? And even if you do win right now, do you really expect to hold on to Blake Griffin for longer than two years? Do you want to hold on to Blake Griffin for longer than two years? Plus, not to mention you have a max contract on the horizon for De'Aaron Fox because he doesn't deserve anything less. I mean, you're going to have to pay De'Aaron Fox max money to keep him happy and keep him here in Sacramento, even though you do have uh, his restricted rights. So that just doesn't seem like a move that makes sense uh, for Sacramento overall. And it was interesting to hear the, the Detroit Pistons side of things. Nick, because it sounded like, at least from my perspective, that Detroit would be almost desperate to get rid of that money. But the way you saying that it's not that uh, it's not that urgent uh, suggests that Detroit can be a little more picky and try and stretch every bit of value or squeeze every bit of value out of Blake Griffin as they can. And I don't mind that strategy. But you brought up Harry Giles, so I gotta ask Harry Giles. And yes, <laughs> yes, I. I put it out there this morning because Harry's very interesting to me because he still gets in a lot of foul trouble defensively. He he guards with his hands more than his feet, uh, and he's inconsistent at times on offense, but his passing ability is elite. So I threw out there, like, what would be if, if Harry Giles were to leave Sacramento, which is probably going to happen, maybe the chances of him staying improved a tiny bit with Vlade leaving and McNair being here, but we're talking 
decimal points, not nothing right. major. Uh, most likely he's gone. Where can Harry Giles go? Because Harry's going to want to go somewhere, one, that the money is, but he's not going to get a crap ton of that, especially with the salary cap going down. Right. And two, where he can actually contribute and maybe earn a bigger contract later on. Harry's not going to return to Sacramento when he knows that he is behind Marvin Bagley. He is behind Rashawn Holmes. He is behind probably whatever draft pick the Kings bring in. Even if they brought in a big in the second round, he might be behind him. Like Harry Giles knows that his window of opportunity in Sacramento is small. So I asked, where is opportunity great? And I personally think he would be fantastic with the Golden State Warriors second unit with that passing ability of his. But it's been a while that I've seen you, Nick, talking about Harry Giles in a yeah. Detroit Pistons uniform. So tell me, what is it about Harry Giles in Detroit that you think would work so well, and how much opportunity would Harry get in the Motor City? So I do want to add very quickly, you touched on Rashawn Holmes, who I always forget about. I, I just very quickly want to say that both Rashawn Holmes and even Alex Len probably played the most valuable minutes of their career in Sacramento. This year, like Rashawn Holmes was pretty good in Phoenix. Alex Len, I thought was terrible all like in Atlanta. I just never really believed in him ever. Right. Um, so shout out to both of them uh, with the Kings this year. I really liked them um, with Harry Giles in Detroit. I, I wrote about it for the first time in, I think I want to say it was March. Um, I had written two articles. The first one was, Hey, uh, the Pels are going to re-sign Brandon Ingram, but if you know, throw the bag at him just in case. Like, just make sure that it's known that, like, hey, we'll pay you, Brandon Ingram. And then the second one uh, was Harry Giles, where I was like dead serious about it. I was like, wait a second, um, this actually makes a lot of sense for Detroit. And then ever since then, it's been like this snowball effect of now everybody's all in on Harry Giles in Detroit. I think back to um, the Pistons had a game in Golden One Center in the middle of February. And I, I don't remember what the score got out to, but it was the Pistons were up early, like 20 to two. Like it was bad. Um, Luke Walton pulls everybody off the floor and Harry Giles is out there and he was like getting the crowd back into the game. Like he's such a tremendous energizer. And I think it's because there's so many fans who genuinely love him and believe in him that anytime he does anything positive, um, it just sparks this emotion that you don't really see from any other player. So that's great on its own, and that would take some time to build in Detroit. Um, and you're right. As far as his rim protection goes, it's kind of on par with Christian Wood, where it's like it's this ever-improving thing, but you still on a nightly basis don't really know what you're going to get. Like, can you still bang with, like, Anthony Davis? No, probably not. He's not going to do great. Maybe, like, one or two possessions, but no. More often than not, there's still a lot of work to be done. Um, offensively, I just think he's such a force and I actually really like his passing as well. I think he could be a lot better at it, but I'm not expecting him to be Jokic or, or Bam Adebayo. Um, I just think there's so much potential there. And I think maybe the one red flag is he does kind of have, he's flirting with like this injury thing all the time. It feels like, and like I mentioned earlier, Detroit kind of has already been dealing with that for a few years. So that's a little worrisome. Um, but I don't know if you're going to be re-signing Christian Wood, you have a little bit of money to play with. You don't need to spend every single penny that you have. I think adding that flexibility in your front court, I would rather have Harry Giles, someone who I think can be genuinely productive on any night against any basketball team on any court, um, over like Thon Maker, right? Like I'd rather have that over like Justin Patton. If you're going to end up drafting like Okongawu or something, um, or God forbid, James Wiseman, like, I think maybe the door closes on that a little bit, but I would rather have like a Blake Griffin, Harry Giles, Christian Wood, 
uh, trio in the front court. Not not on the floor all at the same time because that would well actually that would be kind of interesting. Not defensively, <laughs> but I guess offensively that would be kind of fun. Um, the the height there would be really interesting. I think he's a really fun pick and roll player too with Derrick Rose, with Bruce Brown, with Luke Kennard, whoever they have running point next year, whoever we end up drafting, whether it's Killing Hayes, whoever it is. Um, I really like him on pick and rolls and pick and pops. Sometimes he can kind of pull off, but Harry Giles is like in a free agency class. That's otherwise pretty not great. Um, like Christian Wood and, and Harry Giles are arguably like the two most interesting pieces in this entire class. Um, yeah. At this point, I, I, I mentioned this last week at this point, if we get to the end of free agency, and Harry Giles isn't a Piston, I will be shocked. Because the second that the Woj notification comes through that the, the deal is happening, I'm just going to be like, yeah, like, duh. I've just spoken it. I've just I've <laughs> spoken about it so much that at this point, it's just a thing that's going to happen, and that's whatever. I'm just excited for it. Are you working with Harry's agent? Is that what's going on? You want to you just break that right now and be honest with us? <laughs> you know what I did? So, and Matt, I don't know if you know this, um, Luke, Kennard and I have a, a pretty decent relationship. Right, you play COD together all the time. Yeah, we play we play Call of Duty together. Um, he actually just asked the other day, he's like, when are we going to hop back on? And I was like, dude, I can't believe it. Like, he actually is friends with me. I don't know, it's wild. But um, I was playing with him and his cousin one day. And um, this isn't tampering because he didn't really <laughs> reply. He, I just want to clarify. He, didn't, he just laughed at what I said. I just want to get that out of the way. I said, Luke, I realized something the other day. He's like, what's that? I go, you played with Harry Giles at Duke. He goes, yes, I did. I go, great. So I can trust that you're going to get on the phone with Ed Stefanski and be like, hey, I need you to get Harry to Detroit. And he laughed. And I go, actually, while we're at it, you also played with Jason Tatum. Um, <laughs> if, we could, if we could somehow rope that in and get that Duke trio back together, that would be great. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm putting a lot of faith in uh, Luke Kennard that he's going to get his former Duke uh, teammate Harry Giles to the Motor City. So there you go. Luke Kennard and Nick orchestrated Harry Giles <laughs> to the Detroit Pistons. Well, at this point, I would be surprised if it, if it doesn't happen too. And what's great about it is maybe this salary cap situation works in the favor of the Detroit Pistons where Harry Giles is not, it's not going to take a lot of money to get him. So he might be right. a very, very, he might be a contract that you sign and everybody goes, oh, that contract was signed in the weird off season of 2020, 2021, where the salary cap completely changed and, and dollar values decimated or, or, or lowered significantly. And then you're lock, looking at two, three years later, one of the financially best or most valuable uh, contracts in the NBA. I could easily see that happening with the Pistons and Harry Giles. Built Bar is back as a sponsor of the Locked On Kings podcast. The best tasting protein bar ever is even more delicious. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. That also includes six brand new flavors like caramel brownie, carrot cake, apple almond crisp, and my wife's new favorite, cookies and cream. They, of course, have their 12 original flavors like coconut almond, German chocolate, peanut butter, and my favorite, mint brownie. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and they're easy to chew and on top of that, the Built Bars are healthy. They're great for the health-conscious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low-calorie and low-sugar, but high-protein and high-fiber, and they're great for the keto diet. I mentioned the cookies and cream bar has quickly become my wife's favorite. Actually, the other day, I finally got to try one. I snuck one out of the new box that just arrived uh, before she uh, she realized that uh, I had taken one. If she finds out, though, uh, I'm going to be in big trouble, so hopefully she doesn't listen to this podcast episode here today. But the cookies and cream bar has 17 grams of protein 
protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. Right now, Built Bar is having a great deal. If you use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, all one word at checkout, you'll get $10 off of your next order. Not your first order, your next order. Meaning, if you've used a Locked On podcast or Locked On Kings promo code for Built Bar before, you can use it again. That's Locked On for $10 off your next order on BuiltBar.com. That does it for part one of my conversation with Nick. Great stuff there. Excellent context on the Blake Griffin sweepstakes and the Kings' potential involvement. Didn't sound like the Kings had much of a chance to begin with, but it was interesting to hear Nick talk about the fact that the Pistons aren't really desperate or forced to give up Blake Griffin's contract and get rid of his money the same way the Philadelphia 76ers might be desperate to get rid of Al Horford or Tobias Harris's contract. So very interesting context there. I'm just going to go ahead and say that Blake Griffin to Sacramento isn't happening. It doesn't make sense for McNair and the Kings. doesn't really make sense for the Pistons, uh, as you heard Nick talk about there. And you're actually going to hear him talk more about potential pieces that the Pistons could get back from the Kings in a trade in order to make money work in tomorrow's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast as our conversation continues and we take more of a Kings focus. So I hope you join me for that. If you want to respond to anything Nick and I discussed here today, please do so on Twitter at MattGeorgeKHDK is how you can reach me. Uh, feel free to email me as well if you're not on Twitter, mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. Please join me for part two tomorrow. It's even better than this was here today. It's also a little bit longer. Plenty of King's conversation coming for you. I know you will enjoy it. So please come back. Also leave a review of this podcast if you haven't already. Apple Podcasts or iTunes, best place to do that. Hit five stars if you think this podcast uh, is worth it. I really would appreciate that. Talk to you tomorrow. Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to the Locked on King's podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.